Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You're listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago. I'm your host, Tariq El Amin. Radio Islam is a live call-in talk radio program. We air every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central, and we reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. Now, you can log on to www.radioislam.com to check out guest bios, programming, previous shows, articles, and much more. Now, if you haven't already done so, follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at the same handle, at Radio Islam USA. As a matter of fact, if you're on Facebook right now, you can go to our page, Radio Islam USA, as we talk tonight. If you've got a comment, a question, feel free to post it there. And we will do our very best to make sure that we address your point. For those who'd like to give us a call, you can do so at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. You can also tweet us at Radio Islam USA. Is that right? Radio Islam USA? I got to check. I want to make sure I'm giving you all the the correct information. I don't want any hateful tweets later on. So we thank you all for tuning in, Radio Islam family. We have a great program for you tonight. So I'd like to begin with this. For those of you who are old enough to remember the civil rights movement, or for anyone who has seen any of the footage, you'll recall that the backbone, the drivers of the movement, were young people, high schoolers, college-age students. Not to say that there weren't any older folks, but the drivers were the young people, and they took to the streets, to the lunch counters, to demonstrate that they were ready to be the change and were not willing to continue accepting the status quo. So when we look at the present-day landscape, at the at the Black Lives Matter movement or the fight for immigrant and refugee rights or the fight for uh, environmental consciousness, we see a similar trend that is held true throughout history. And that is we see young people once again standing up and taking ownership and taking leadership. And they bring with them a new energy, new vision, and new commitment. So tonight we are really pleased, we are honored to have with us in studio an example of that new energy, that new leadership, that new vision in 19-year-old DePaul student, Bushra Amiwala. I said it right, Amiwala. She is a scholar, a social activist, a community volunteer. Now, as a Skokie native and daughter of immigrants, Bushra has been very vocal against Islamophobia, starting by speaking at various peace and unity rallies. She hopes to be a voice for her underrepresented generation 
as well as one for marginalized communities. Bushra is a sophomore at DePaul University. I don't know where the time comes to, to get into anything else, but she's a sophomore, as I said, at DePaul University, and she's majoring in marketing with a double minor in community service studies and public policy studies. Bushra also had the opportunity to conduct independent research in various segregated Chicagoland areas to learn about housing discrimination, redlining, and the effects of gentrification. This perspective is one that is not present when shaping policy, and Bushra hopes to bring this voice onto Cook County Board as she is running to represent the 13th District. So I said we have a young leader uh, in our midst in the studio with us. I didn't tell you at the outset that she was a candidate for the Cook County uh, Board of Commissioners. So um, we just mentioned that, and we would like to give our extend our greetings. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Thank Peace you so you. much for having me. That was a beautiful introduction. I'm honored to be here, really. Well, uh, you know, your, your resume made it very easy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're appreciative of, have, of having you uh, here. I did mention that you are a scholar. So... I know sometimes we have rigid interpretations or ideas of what it means to be a scholar, Mm -hmm. but it's always rooted in work. Right. So would you tell the listeners how you are, how that, how that fits you Mm -hmm. with all the hats that you wear? Yeah. To me, a scholar is anyone who has studied anything of any field, someone who has been taught by a teacher or has, in my case, conducted independent research. So Um, Really, my interest began when I was studying the Rogers Park community since I actually grew up there up until the age of nine, and I noticed that the area that is the Howard Red Line Station area, that you have... um, these shop owners who are moving, who no longer reside there. And like after speaking to various community members, I learned that this is a trend that began eight years ago and is becoming increasingly worse. And what I realized that at hand, we had a new city that is being affected by segregation and um, furthering discrimination on both levels of race and also class. You move over two blocks where Loyola University is, and that area is extremely gentrified. People in that area earn over six figures, and there's an incredible asset, Loyola University. And you realize that you have a skewed perspective of the Rogers Park area as a whole. Off the Howard Red Line stop, people make $30,000 or less. They thrive off of some of the community kitchens, the various organizations that we have to help the youth and for mentorship programming. But off of Loyola's, you have people earning $100,000 or more. So you have this skewed average income. And understanding that when shaping policy, when providing funding for these areas and these neighborhoods isn't present, you can't really view a neighborhood as such in a vacuum. Well, I'm satisfied. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure our listeners, um, that is definitely a substantive answer, and obviously one that that has come about through some some serious, um, you know, analysis. So, and and that is certainly um, something that that we need to have when we're talking about addressing problems. So, let me ask you, what has been your path uh, to public service? Yeah. So. It started off, I actually always was interested in politics, but I never thought I would run for office myself or even 
hold public office eventually, but it started off by wanting to make a difference in the world, and my desire to do so is why I'm minoring in community service studies. And But I realized that the only way to really, quote-unquote, make a difference was by implementing tangible change, which you do so with public policy, hence where that minor comes into play. And then in order to wrap all of that up together, I have to be able to market myself to people, which is why I'm majoring in marketing, because once I brand myself, so that's how I really I seek to marry all of my fields of study. So it began when I was about a freshman in high school. I, learned, I witnessed a man be extremely like vulgar and ignorant to a woman wearing a hijab. He kept on pressing the question, aren't you hot in that? It was a hot summer day, but like she probably was hot in that, but just his tone of voice and how angry and adamant he was to her, that behavior was not acceptable. And it was something I realized as a 13-year-old girl that had I been wearing the hijab, this question would be would have been asked to me. And that's when I realized that growing up in Skokie, I was kind of sheltered. I was in this bubble where there's literally a sign outside of everyone's house that says hate has no home here. So I was sheltered from this sort of ignorance, from Islamophobia, and I started focusing on the levels of discrimination that specifically affected me as a Muslim, as a woman, and as a young person, but I realized there was so much more than that. There was food desertification and food insecurity and poverty and like homelessness and all these other issues, and once I became exposed to that, I just had to do something. So that's where it comes from. Wow, wow. So how has your, describe how your, your candidacy um, has been received thus far. Um, it actually has been received very positively, alhamdulillah. Um, a lot of people are very inspired by some of the work I am doing, and as a result, I've noticed a lot more young college students kind of mobilized now. We are in a new generation of leadership after seeing maybe the 2016 presidential election results, seeing that our president is someone with no prior public service experience. We all realize that if we want to represent our community, then what better person than a community member themselves? So we are reshaping and redefining who holds office, who defends us, and who represents us at the like state, local, you know, federal, national level. And it's been taken really positively. Um, you know, I always noticed that maybe not just the Muslim community, but other minority groups felt outcasted from politics. Because of this, they weren't really vocal against what they disagreed with because they felt like they were there was some service being done to them by just having a letting them live here, but that's not the case. We have a voice, and that voice should be represented at least at the local level, but of course at every single level after that, but it begins here. You mentioned... <clears throat> You mentioned some of the the disparities, um, you know, saying right off of the uh, uh, in Rogers Park mm-hmm. or near Loyola, and how you could have you know huge six figure incomes in one spot, and then uh, people that are getting by off of thirty thousand dollars and dependent upon services like soup kitchens. Uh, do you find that uh, do you find that there is an intersection within all of this? That is, um, does it go beyond? race does it go beyond ethnicity when we're looking at these these kind of disparities yeah i definitely agree so intersectionality is probably the best way to define this because they aren't just all people of color but they're people of color and they're also poor and they're also surrounded by poor schooling so it becomes systematic they're then trapped in the cycle of poverty where they can't get proper schooling and then go get a nice job then earn enough money to move out they're 
you know, stuck there. And I actually went to school um, you know, elementary school up until third grade in a Rogers Park area. Um, I went to Stephen K. Hay Elementary School, which was a kindergarten through eighth grade school. And I saw the disparity when I moved to Skokie between education. Both were public schools, but the difference was immense. Um, my teachers would ask, why didn't you turn in your homework? And that's something that was never asked me before. After moving to Skokie a year later, I was placed in honors courses. That opportunity was not available to me when I went to school um, in that area. So, you know, it starts off by like schooling and then it just builds its way up. And again, it's systematic and it's really, it's a system working against people and it's very sad. Do you feel that your your candidacy um, for the uh, Cook County Board of Commissioners, that that is gonna allow you to put you in a position to affect policy and and my next question from that is also what would be like what would be the first thing that you would want to look at yeah so the first thing i would want to look at would be how our budget our annual budget how much money of that is going into the prison system so a thing that county board members really focus on is like where our physical budget should go for the year and balancing that budget is extremely difficult which is why they've been voting and passing on regressive sales tax um, like just taxes in general and increasing sales tax and they don't know how to generate that revenue so instead of just collecting more money from those who can't afford it we should probably look at where we are spending money and why we are spending so much why are we spending about 30,000 like 30 percent of our budget to fund the prison system when we should look at reincarceration rates and lower those why are we setting people up to go back to prison once they come out and putting more money into the jails we should just invest into the into inmates while they are in prison to prevent them from ever coming back so we can lessen the amount of money that we have to put in to that service so that would be one of the first things i can put in and then that spills over to balancing the budget as well great points great points how do you see your um, as a muslim um how do you feel your faith impacts your your vision um as a as a public servant yeah so um, I've learned a lot about giving back to my community about like charity work, quote unquote, through zakat and stuff because of my Islamic faith. But also with that, it's been something that's hi- been highlighted a lot more in a negative way per se than it has positive. But I, it definitely has not held me back because I have been getting a strong amount of support from the Muslim community as a whole. But in general, like the mindset of going in as a Muslim, like knowing that you are usually not represented in this space, so making sure that I can be a proper voice for my fellow like Muslim community but without further tokenizing myself because I don't want to be like I'm the perfect Muslim person and everyone should be like me but understanding that like I do have I do share the same narrative as others do I understand their concerns like whether it be in regards to like safety or like just practicing their religion openly and like you know navigating their identity in this like political climate right now so I think that's the perspective I can bring on. Do you feel that there's a challenge uh, in terms of in sharing a narrative of people that have been excluded in a lot of instances from, uh, you know, from uh, full participation? Uh, Do you feel that there is any conflict at times when it comes to this idea of not just representing those who've been excluded, but also those who have who have benefited from full participation, you know, being mm-hmm. a person that's able to, to speak to the uh, concerns of, uh, of the, the electorate as a whole. Yeah, most definitely. So 
Um, something that I learned through just like my service work in the past and just being like a member of the community is like I was able to hear concerns from very wealthy individuals as was I for those who did not have too much. Um, I've talked to people of all different races and backgrounds. I grew up in like probably one of the most diverse quote unquote villages. Skokie's like known as a village. Um, yeah. Villages. So I've like interacted with people of all various backgrounds. So I can most definitely speak on all of their behalf. However, just because you're extending the microphone to someone who never had it before doesn't necessarily mean you're taking it away from someone but like we all should have a chance to say something and if that and if they are benefiting from it then that's something we should maybe check great point great point folks i hope you are paying attention you may be uh you may be listening to history you, you never know you know and i hope you are so we're going to take us a quick break we're going to remind you, if you're on Facebook, you can go to our Facebook page and give us a message, make a comment. You can uh, leave a question for Bushra as she's sitting here, and we will get to it during our uh, conversation. You're listening to 1450 WCEV. This is Radio Islam, and we'll see you after the break. became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back, Radio Islam family. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago. We reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. Don't forget, you can always go to radioislam.com where you can see prior guests, look at bios, upcoming programming. Remember, we are a call-in talk show. So give us a call, 312-750-1178, 312-750-1178. We know you're listening, and we can tell you want to call. So pick the phone up. Give us a call. 
Follow and tweet us at Radio Islam USA. We are having a wonderful conversation with Bushra Amiwala and and somebody's calling while I'm talking. How rude. <laughs> no. Yes, but we're talking with Bushra. She is a candidate for the Cook County Commissioner's uh, seat in the 13th, 13th award. <clears throat> and she shared some, some, really, uh, some really great ideas. So uh, we've got a caller. Uh, you want to put your... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, caller, uh, are, are you there? Yes, assalamualaikum. Waalaikum assalam. I just wanted to commend the sister for um, just uh, stepping out, running for office. Um, you know, I try to push young people and even myself to, to be more uh, engaged civically. And uh, I just wanted to commend you for stepping out and for doing that and for uh, trying to give voice to uh, Muslims. who You know, we're often uh, we're underrepresented, so... Um, and I just um, hope you make duas for you uh, and praying that uh, you have a successful run. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Assalamualaikum. All right. Well, like All right. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Um, you know, duas, and, and this is, you know, Carla, believe me, we, we definitely, we always appreciate when we make dua, when we pray, when we make when we make righteous and sincere supplication uh, for for the success of those who, you know, are, are taking that step out there to, to represent. But there's more to it than than just duas, right? <laughs> yeah. There's more to it. So, um, I was going to ask this, you know, before the break, but I'll ask now, just after that call. What are some of the real life? challenges that go beyond you know the idea of you know I'm running for office and people go oh wow that's great right but what does it take to really to make it happen yeah Um, the first thing that I always say is it takes a lot of money and Mm -hmm. that comes off as very discouraging to some people who are, are considering running for office but it makes me sound kind of caddy I feel like as well people are like oh she's always asking for money but running for office is expensive because you have to pay for everything from your buttons and stickers to if you have people going door to door on your behalf and like talking to voters and hosting events and all of that costs money and I guess you can it's very possible for you to run a campaign without spending a dime but you won't win then and that's what it comes down to um yeah, that's one of the most difficult challenges I face. But also, I'm I am challenging someone who was held to the seat for 16 years, so he has name recognition and support from other politicians because politicians stick together, mm-hmm. and just like having you know being the face of a, of something. With that, you're able to say that, oh, I have the most experience and the most expertise in this field, but that may not necessarily be the case sometimes. And I think coming in with a fresh perspective and a new voice, especially when on the board of commissioners where there are 17 members, a youth's voice is lacking. And I think in general, millennials are underrepresented as a whole, and we are seen as lazy and that we don't work hard enough. And because of that, we're, we are outcasted, but so are other minority groups, so are Muslims, so are just like South Asians in general, and then like other people of color. So it's all of these, again, like intersectionality, all of these backgrounds may be working against me, but I do think if all of the other people who share 
any one of these backgrounds come and help mobilize w- alongside me, myself, we can truly make a difference. Mm-hmm. So intersectionality, once again, uh, as you said, it becomes really important. Uh, it can work against you, but I, I see you're, you're looking at it in a way of yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to turn it to yeah, your advantage. Yeah, in a positive light, yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned that the incumbent has been on for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How... <laughs> What is the, 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 the thinking or the process in getting past that, that hurdle? Because you, you mentioned a lot of, you know, a lot of variables uh, to take into consideration. You know, the, the fact that those who are in, people want to kind of, they'll stick around them and they come mm-hmm. to their aid. Um, being a millennial, uh, what's the, you know, how, how do you move, how do you get over the, the hurdle? Um, sometimes I just ignore it, to be honest. I don't like to think about all of the hurdles that are sort of like working against me because if I did that, I would have never even made the decision to run for office in the first place. I think seeing how far I've come from March 2017 when I announced my candidacy via Facebook is literally where it began. And I, now look where we are. Sometimes it with lots of hard work, dedication, um, a lot of coffee meetups, look where we are now. I really think that you can you can't just let all the hurdles and the things working against you kind of come in your way definitely recognize them so you can manage them and learn how to you know move past them or move through them accordingly but don't let them stop you don't ever let them stop you well i'm going to ask this not in a uh not in a in a patronizing way just yeah. trying to figure trying to figure out as a busy person myself how how are you how are you managing running for public office and and still, you got a double major, right? How are mm-hmm. you, how are you managing those things? Um, well, my calendar app has been helping me manage it. But um, <laughs> so I actually work for jobs currently, and with that, I have learned exceptional time management skills. But also, a lot of the work I've been able to do has been remote, such as like managing my Facebook page or like crafting up um, things for my website or like researching, you know, various like issues so I can like craft a stance on this and build my brand and message accordingly. And then we have 24 hours in the day. It is actually a lot more than anything. And then because of the beauty of going into Paul is that I don't have classes on Fridays. So now I have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's three whole days to do a lot of stuff. Especially when, so your days aren't like nine to five when you're running for office or when you're a student or when you're doing anything for that matter. Your days are kind of like 6 a.m. to like 12 a.m. But that's okay because I really do, I sort of thrive off of like meeting and speaking to people and like you have to have that sort of like synergy when running for office and like being so busy all the time like I thrive off of that and I actually become more energetic than tired after doing so but Mm -hmm. the calendar app if someone uninstalled that from my phone (laughs) oh I would not have known to come here today (laughs) I'm kidding well I'm glad you have it uh let me ask you this so how far what what are the uh the borders of the 13th um Yeah, so um, the 13th District of Cook County, yeah, no, that's okay. It's um, Evanston, Skokie, Morton Grove, Niles, Wilmette, Lincolnwood, a tiny part of Chicago, which is like the Rogers Park area, um, and like part, it cuts off at Devon Street, so it's the 50th and 49th Ward, um, if you're looking at that, and like Kenilworth, Winnetka, Northfield, so like the North Shore. Okay, so have you been doing a lot of, you said you announced your candidacy March 2017. 2017. Yeah. Um, have you been doing a lot of traveling 
uh, you know, getting around to different, you mm -hmm. know, community groups yeah. and things like that. Like, going to events has been the most thing, but <clears throat> something that I learned was I can't just go to an event and announce, like, hey, I'm running for office, like, support me. First, you have to show up. First, right. you have to have the regulars who go to these events kind of recognize you and be like, hey, like, what's your name? And then when they kind of, like, add me on Facebook, they're like, oh, so you're doing this as well? Like, you don't want to come off as, like, the kind of person who's only here for a special interest of some sort, which is to get my name out there so you all can eventually vote for me. No, it actually is to, like, engage with the members of your community. So something that I've been re I've been going to the farmer's market a lot. We have them in Morton Grove great. and in Skokie. And I actually had never gone to the farmer's market before. It's, like, from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Saturday mornings, and I just never thought that I would. But I go and I have, like, fresh elotes made from the corn. There's, like, nice live music going on. So it is a lot of fun and I've had opportunities to just like again like engage with my community in ways that I didn't before and I think it's a great opportunity hmm. so aside from the uh, the traveling have you found that are people surprised when they find out that you're running for office yeah, and it's mostly because of my age, I would say, because I think most people don't know that you can run for office at this age, especially at the local level. Like, the minimum age is 18. If you're old enough to vote, you're old enough to hold public office. And, like, this isn't, like, a new thing. Like, there are, like, there's, like, the governor of, like, some state who's, like, literally, like, 18 years old. Um, I think she's a Republican. But, yeah, so, like, it's cool. something that, like, has been happening. So it's mostly because of my age more so than anything else, and I think it's because we've branded our politicians to be people who hold like degrees from harvard law school or something but like if you're if you're that quote unquote overqualified can you really represent the average person to that degree like do you understand what it means to barely make ends meet you know what it means to like buy groceries for example or like pay taxes on you know it's yeah. just all of that so like um being like a real person has helped a lot yes. in shaping my perspective so I imagine that um, at this point, as you continue to grow, you know, uh, to grow your, your, your base, um, is there a lot of work that you are putting on your, your immediate team right now? Yeah, definitely. So I have personally sat down and met with almost every single person who I consider to be on my team. And right now we are all actively working to gather signatures um, petition signatures because in order to get my name on the ballot I need 380 valid signatures meaning they have to live in the 13th district of Cook County they have to be registered voters and they have to be Democrats because I'm running for the Democratic nomination and um, with that we are collecting upwards of a thousand with the impression that my opponent will challenge every single signature and if like one thing is off they'll throw the, they'll throw the whole sheet of paper away so right. that's what our main focus is in right now and um yeah building up that team so like if i post something on facebook i have at least 10 to 20 go-to people who will share it on my behalf and with their other um social media network that's well. awesome yeah that's awesome so do you have any upcoming events uh, that, that you will be at and anywhere that you'll be speaking or anything like that? Yeah, so um, I will be speaking at the Skokie Public Library on October 19th. That's a Thursday um, from 7 p.m. I'm going to be part of a panel discussion with two people who actually hold office and we are, will be talking about how to run for office because we are, again, ordinary people who are doing it with our busy schedules and I will be, um, this may be still a bit tentative, but like 
October 25th, I'll be speaking at the University of Chicago in front of like their young women in public service group. Um, I'll be speaking at the DePaul College Democrats. So like those are just like, again, like um, nothing too like big, no event of my own. And we are planning a like, petition signing party of some sort. But again, like we have to be very frugal with the way we spend our donation money that we've received so far from like very kind, generous individuals because is it worth it to spend $300 on like a venue for an hour or is it more worth it to kind of spend that money on like clipboard stickers, buttons, and like maybe a $50 gift card for like an intern who works day and night going door to door. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this might seem like a more of a kind of a, a puff question, but a lot of candidacies, they have a, a slogan. Do you have a a particular theme, I would say, that, that kind of represents, uh, encapsulates your candidacy. Yeah, ours has been a generation of progress. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's what ours is for now. All but right. it could obviously, like, change and stuff. But, yeah, that's usually, well, like, that's what we have on our Facebook page and everything. But, yeah. Okay. So um, let me ask this. Uh, we talked about folks that are, you know, have been excluded from the narrative, um, what is your, do you have any particular thoughts on where we are right now as a society? Uh, yesterday we did a program on promoting diversity in the face of, um, of white nationalism and, you know, how it fractures mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on uh, just in terms of just where we are right now yeah. know, as a society? You know, I think it's, like, beautiful that in this current political climate at a time where we have so many forces trying to break all of us apart, turn all of us against one another. We are banding together as a stronger collective force to fight against oppression and hatred and bigotry in every single form. I think it is imperative that we all realize that we're all on the same side of being oppressed, to be blunt, versus mm -hmm. the oppressor. And we can't let them. And I really think that, like, for example, like when the tragic attacks happened in Charlottesville, all people from various community faiths came together at a synagogue in Skokie to, and we hosted a vigil for peace. And if something like this happened against Muslims, I know we would have done the same thing or against Christians or regardless of their faith background, but just against anyone, I know we would respond the same way. And I think that we're making the most of such a negative and just intensely hate-filled time. Okay. Um, I'm, <clears throat> I'm looking at our... Uh our uh, engineering studio. I was about to ask another question. Um, I'm going to hold that for after the break. Folks, you are listening to Radio Islam. This is WCEV 1450 AM. Our number, because you are running out of time to be able to give us a call and have your voice heard. That's 312-750-1178. 312-750-1178. Follow and tweet us at Radio Islam USA, and we will be back in just a moment. I shoved the envelope under my sweater and sneaked through the kitchen. Mom was on the phone in the front room. I didn't want to have to explain anything. I just wanted to be by myself. Clutching the envelope tightly, I stepped onto the ladder at the bottom of the treehouse. Something caught my eye above me, and I looked up. <gasps> Light! It looked as if there were a firework display going on inside the treehouse. Crackling and snapping and whizzing sounds spun around above my head. Light shot out and sparks dancing to the popping of noise. My first thought was to scream fire and run to the house to get mom. 
My legs trembled as I inched upward, creeping up the rungs as quietly as I could. My heart banged so hard that it felt as if someone were hitting my chest. A couple more steps, and then I leaned forward, craning my neck to look inside. And then I looked up and saw... To find out what happens next, read Philippa Fisher's Fairy God Sister by Liz Kessler. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent. Brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I don't know how to talk like a parent. Don't make me come back there. You see what I mean? It's pretty awful. Try it again. Don't make me come back there. Now that's pretty good. That one kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit AdoptUsKids.org for more information. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. And now we have an 8-year-old on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Welcome back. You're listening to Radio Islam at WCEV, 1450 AM, Chicago. We reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. You can go to radioislam.com to see prior shows. You can get guest bios, information about the programs themselves, upcoming events, and a lot of other stuff, too. Follow us on all social media platforms where we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all under the handle at Radio Islam USA. We're broadcasting every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And if you'd like to get in the conversation with us, give us a call at 312-750-1178. Follow and tweet us at Radio Islam USA. We are joined in studio by a just a dynamic candidate. Uh, Bushra Amawala, I am saying your name right. Yeah, you are. <laughs> okay, all right. Because um, I don't like any, when somebody messes my name up. Okay, so. But yeah, um, she is running for the Cook County Commissioner's seat in the 13th District um, and has just really has been a breath of fresh air. Um, so we'll, we're going to continue talking. So. Once again, thanks for thanks for taking the time to be here with us. Of course, no problem. I am truly honored. Thank yeah. you all for having me. So I said I was going to ask a question, and what I'm thinking about is the idea of when we run for more, for uh, for elected office. There has been in the past, there has been sort of a moral, uh, an assumption of morality, or an assumption. That uh, or an expectation of moral leadership that comes along with holding public office, and that seems to have kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, that is not a prerequisite. It doesn't seem to be. Do you feel? And, and so I'm not speaking in uh, in code, uh, folks. I'm talking about our commander in chief. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what are your thoughts on? Do you feel that there should be a moral component 
or is there a responsibility for those who are seeking public office to keep that in mind? Yes, definitely. I think something that's been lost is that holding public office is a public service. You are serving your community. You are the people who are making decisions on their behalf. You are representing them and the concerns that they hold on a day-to-day basis, whether it be through like filling the pothole on the street to having universal health care. This is something that is your responsibility and is something that should not be taken lightly at all. I definitely think you should have clean morals is I guess how I'll phrase it when running for and holding public office there isn't really anything like don't do it for the fame or for like the recognition or like the money or anything like that because that's not what it's about and I think that really people can see through that when that's a candidate's motive and intention and I think that we have a really special case at hand when it comes to the person in the White House. I don't think that's something we have seen before, which is why many of us are so confused. And again, why we have this mobilization of this new era of leadership on various forefronts, because we realize that this is not acceptable and we do not want this to be normative. Yes, absolutely. So are there any, <clears throat> is there any advice that you would give at, the, at, at this point that you're at, because you're doing something that most people, they may talk about, but they never do. You know, mm-hmm. at this stage in your journey, is there any advice that you would give to, to others who are considering mm-hmm. uh, running for public office? Yeah, I think the first thing would be if I can do it, you can do it. Definitely. And specifically for millennials, this is for all of you. You're going to have to come into this and demand respect from everyone, but you have to demand it respectfully. Mm. And that's something that's really like difficult you're gonna have people come up to you and already think they'll will they will undermine you they will think you don't know what you're talking about they will think that their little piece of paper that they got through like years and years of schooling is worth more than your experiences but you have to smile and listen and nod and that's okay but you really have to put up with that take up with a grain of salt and not take running for office lightly Um, definitely you should not take it lightly because it's hard work. It's something that, like, I think of day and night. You know, I have, like, random dreams about it. I wake up, I'm like, well, that's such a good idea. Like, (laughs) it is a constant thing. There's no denying it, no ignoring it. And go into this wholeheartedly and never forget why you're doing this. You should always have an agenda when you decide to run for office. Don't just do it to do it, but, like, do it for a reason, and it will become a lot easier, and especially when you have those days when you're lost and sort of confused and, like, why am I doing this? You can turn back to those points and be like, this is why I'm doing it. Mm. So you mentioned um, you mentioned some things with regard to uh, the budget, how yeah. the budget is allocated. Yeah. Uh, and recidivism, you know, specifically towards, you know, uh, Cook County Jail, which mm-hmm. I think you mentioned you said it's 30% of the budget. Mm-hmm, around, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> do you feel like you are running with already looking to solve a problem already? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, well, the first thing is, like, I, the reason why I chose the board seat in general is because if you have a board of people, you would assume that you would have people representing various backgrounds on that board, not all of them, like, making up, you know, the physical makeup, makeup of the board. Like, 15 out of the 17 members are men, so, like, 
where are our fellow women? 13 out of the 17 are going on to their second term or more. So where are those fresh voices and those new perspectives? And almost all of them, I would say, are around 45 or older, maybe some are 40. But like, where are our young people? You know, their voices matter. And like, the thing that like drew me to the county board was like this new sweetened beverage tax that was imposed by uh, the county board members. And something that's like interesting is like it is seen as a republican quote-unquote ideology to say we don't want taxes but the thing is that as a democrat i'm openly saying this because it's again it comes to morals like what is right because having a penny per ounce tax on sweetened beverages will not prevent consumption i'm sorry it will not like i still drink iced coffee every morning it won't stop me from buying it but instead you're going to force people you know give them like no other option than to go to like our neighboring counties and you'll see that like dupage county is now selling a lot more pop than they were before and it's not a coincidence because ever since we had this tax and another thing is that it's been branded as something to help deal and prevent childhood obesity but that makes me so uncomfortable because as someone who literally was in high school three years ago i know if you want to do anything about childhood obesity then the money from the tax would be going to help fund healthy school lunches and it is not it is going to balance the budget and i think that is manipulative so there's Mm. a lack of transparency on the board as a whole i mean if they said like hey we don't have revenue and this is why we're imposing this tax then you wouldn't have this sort of like ad campaign game going on from both sides you would maybe like you know i think the lack of transparency is why this has become such a big mess so so would you say it really is more uh, a matter of just fiscal responsibility or finding innovative ways to uh, that, that don't involve continuing you know to yeah uh, to take more money from the working people because it's not because those who are on board claim to be from the middle class but i would say that i'm from the working middle class Mm. which is where most of the middle class stands now right yeah right uh what are your thoughts as far as the uh the living wage that's a big yeah um, you know i thought i thought that was a great idea and i um you know, I'm really happy that the county board took that initiative, but again, it was handled very poorly. This ordinance did not um, say the difference. They didn't define, like, here's a small business, and a small business shouldn't have to hold themselves to the same standards as a billion-dollar corporation like McDonald's does. And since that was not made clear, or that distinction was not made in the ordinance, we had about, what, like 112, definitely a lot more municipal levels of government opt out of the tax. And at the end of the day, you didn't get anything done then. And then you have, like, other small businesses and HR companies who, like, if they have a truck driver driving through Displains who drives into Skokie then, one that opted out, one city that did not opt out, then their payroll can't handle paying eight fifty for the hour they're here and $15 for the hour they're there. And it's just not logical. And as, like, my, like my dad has a small business, so I do understand that, like, that's not how you should deal with that. You know, you can't just hold all these things to the same level. Well, um, as your candidacy uh, progresses and, you know, uh, God willing, inshallah, this is Allah's will, uh, that you get the, the was it 380? Yeah, petition signatures, yeah. yeah. So uh, you get the signatures yeah. and you're on the, on the ballot. How soon can we expect to see some debates? <laughs> because I'm just, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I would be most definitely open to debating some, um, my opponent, but I do think that like keeping in mind that he has like 
held this seat for 16 years and like may have like some tricks up his seat like i don't know but i would be open to debate the day my name is mm-hmm. on the ballot then well i'm certainly looking forward to that i don't live in the uh you know in that district yeah but i would certainly be in attendance yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know um, yeah we should probably get that together then yeah yeah we, we would definitely love to to, to see that uh, we are getting into that wrap-up mode so I want to ask you at this point, um, are there any, um, how, how can our listeners keep up with you? How can they support your efforts? Uh, what can they do? The, yeah. the, the floor is yours. Um, first thing would be go like my Facebook page at Amiwala for Cook County Board, or you can just type up Bushra Amiwala and it will come up on Facebook. Um, visit my website for quick links, which is just amiwala2018.com. Um, I also have a Twitter at Amiwala2018. So follow me on social media. I post periodic updates. Check out my website. And please, if possible, make a contribution to my donation page, which is online. Um, it's individual contributions from people such as yourselves that's really helping me, you know, and like because of this, I'm able to do what I am doing. So consider that as well. Well, anybody. Anybody that um, that is, to use the phrase, sleeping on you, they are going to be in for a rude awakening. <laughs> so, um, once again, we appreciate being, being able to have some time to, yeah. to talk with you. Thank you. And uh, I believe, I'm certain that our listeners have benefited from hearing you, and I hope that uh, your words have also inspired uh, young, uh, other young people mm-hmm. and, and, and old alike right. uh, to, you know, to get out and become a part of you know, being the change that we want to see. Yeah. So you are definitely in our prayers, and we hope that you go ahead and you support. Uh, you you have the information. Go ahead and tell us that uh, Facebook page again one more time. At Amiwala for Cook County Board. Okay, Amiwala for Cook County. type my name up and you'll find it, Bushra okay. Amiwala. Yes, so we have to support those who are, you know, who are who are trying to support us. So, So anyway, so before we go, we'd like to let you know that Radio Islam... Radio Islam is hiring interns now. So whether you have experience or are looking for experience, we have an opportunity for you. So Radio Islam prides itself on giving interns unparalleled, hands-on experience, all in the heart of downtown Chicago. Great public safe, uh, public transportation, great location. You can't beat it. So to find out more about our open positions in producing, social media, and database management, send us an email at producer at radioislam.com. You have been listening to Radio Islam. We're a live call-in talk show. We air every day from 6 to 7 p.m., seven days a week on WCEV 1450. I want to take just a second to remind you all, if you're listening and you're on social media, make sure you like us. Make sure that you go to Facebook, that you go to Twitter, and you go to Instagram at Radio Islam USA. Leave us a comment. Go to SoundCloud. Our broadcast tonight, it will be up tomorrow morning, God willing. We have our broadcast up generally uh, by the next day. Get, leave, uh, leave a comment when you listen to it. Give us a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know how we're doing. Okay? That's important. So you have been listening to Radio Islam. We are always happy to, to be with you. It's an honor. Um, we take this very seriously. And don't forget also, you can go to iTunes and who is it? 
Google Play. Google Play. Don't forget about those guys. So, let me go ahead and introduce the cast for tonight. Our engineer in studio is me. Yes, I'm doing everything. I'm engineering. Your producer. Who's the producer? It's me again. You guessed it. Your host is Ben. Who? That's me. Tariq Elamine. Okay. Now, who is it's not me now. So your uh, our engineer at WCEV tonight has been. Who is our engineer tonight? Uh, Leonard. Thank you, Leonard, for holding it down at WCEV, making sure that we come through nice and clear. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm giving you a, a pound, a handshake, a salute. So remember that the words or the views that have been expressed are those of the host and the guest, not of sound vision. The executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Tomorrow night, we have a, I guess, a great way to end out the work week. Um, not so much celebratory, but a great way. We want to ramp up. We're going to be talking with members of the Burma Task Force. There is a very important rally that's going on Saturday at Federal Plaza, 2 p.m., where we will be gathering and bringing some attention to the uh, to the genocide, to the atrocities that are going on in Burma against the Rohingya. These are the indigenous people uh, of that land. Uh, they are a minority. Their citizenship was taken from them about 40 years ago, and they've been fighting peacefully to have it restored. So they have gone through uh, quite a bit, and that rally is going to be taking place at 2 p.m. So regardless of what your religious beliefs are, your faith tradition, your gender, ethnicity, we're asking that if you are concerned, if you are committed to justice, join us. Come out 2 p.m., uh, and we hope to see you there. I am your host, Tariq el Join us tomorrow. Oh, quick plug. I want to remind you, next Tuesday, we have Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox in studio, 6 p.m. So we look forward to talking with her and the work that she's doing. But we thank Bushra Amawala for joining us in studio tonight. We thank you all for listening. We pray that you, uh, you have a great evening. And we leave you just as we greeted you with the readings of peace. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be with you.